David comes, we're going to read in John chapter 6, and then I shall pray and hand over to David. So John chapter 6, commencing to read at verse 30. So they said to him, that is Jesus, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers are the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I say, but I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that you should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph? whose father and mother we know. How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed amongst themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day, for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood 
abides in me and I in him. As a living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not as the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. Let us pray. Let us pray. Loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time out in a busy day and a busy week. We thank you that we have this haven once a week where we can come and have fellowship uh, around some food and more importantly, your word, which is the bread of life, which, is, uh, which enables us to come to you through faith in your Son. We pray, Lord, as we listen today, that you would be with us, help us to hone in on what David has prepared and will shortly bring before us. May you speak to us in living echoes of thyself and bless your servant David as he comes in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's a, it's a very fitting topic uh, and passage that I've uh, been asked to speak on today. You're busy there enjoying your nice sandwiches. Uh, I haven't had a good look at them. Don't like to eat before I speak, usually. Uh, but you've got some bits of bread anyway. I'm not sure what's in the middle. And uh, the passage that we're looking at today, Jesus is describing himself as a bread of life. He's basically describing himself as food. So it's a, it's a picture, it's an image that we can all connect with. And uh, what Jesus does here in this passage, he, he makes the first of these great uh, self-declarations uh, they're sometimes called the I am statements of Jesus. We even use that ourselves. You, inter- you introduce yourself, you, meet, you say, I am. I've come here and I've, I've given some of you my name. I am David and uh, said, well, I'm James's dad. Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about ourselves. But when Jesus Christ was in this world, he was a very unique person. And uh, his I am statements were utterly wonderful and profound. They were at the same time simple and yet not simplistic. Uh, the, the statement that he makes at the center of this passage today, he makes repeatedly, I am the bread of life. Uh, there's nothing complex about any of the words that he says, all one syllable words. Uh, it's a very simple statement, but it is far from simplistic. And he used, the, he used these statements because Jesus Christ had a had a real heart for people, and he wanted to connect with people. So he picks up uh, images from everyday life that they'll understand. And this one, uh, where he says, I am the bread of life, and this long uh, uh, section of his word here in John's gospel connects into our lives. And I want to suggest for you, uh, you, remind you just of some truths that Jesus Christ was hinting at here when he makes this great statement, I am the bread of life. Uh, You see, when he said these things to people, he wanted them to switch on. He wanted them to be tuned in and to really think about it. Uh, When I said to some of you, I'm David, I I didn't expect any of you to go off and think, well, that's an interesting statement. He said, I am David. Uh, uh, We don't use it like that. But when Jesus made these statements, he he wants us to be really switched on uh, and to think about the wonder and enormity of who he is. And it suggests a number of things. Uh, it suggests just that Jesus is bread for the hungry. Uh, isn't it wonderful how we're made as human beings? 
Uh, I don't imagine that any of you today, uh, about half past 12 or so, if, even if you're really engrossed in a piece of work, that you had to have set an alarm uh, on, your, on your phone to remind you that you were getting hungry. You know, just for design like that, uh, the hunger pangs rise in our belly. We don't need any reminder of that. Um, and the people that were coming to Jesus Christ that day had hunger pangs rising in their bellies. That's what they were flocking after Jesus for. He had, he had just performed a mighty miracle. You looked at it a few weeks ago, the, the feeding of the crowd of 5,000 men plus. And they're interested once more in having their bellies fed. Jesus had warned them that they weren't to live their lives just looking for their physical appetites to be satisfied. And he's using this great picture now to, to speak to them of a deeper hunger that was in their lives. He says to them, I am the bread of life. He obviously was speaking, uh, using bread as a metaphor. It obviously wasn't a literal thing that he was saying, but he was sparking their thinking. He was sparking their thinking of needs, that were perhaps beginning to resonate in the lives of some of these people, that there was a hunger deep within them that was far beyond their physical appetites. So when he says, I'm the bread of life, he was hinting that he was the satisfier of those who are hungry. And I'm not sure you'd agree or not, but uh, as I look out in the world now in my late 50s, I can see in many people's lives just this insatiable hunger that they have um, and an emptiness that people have. If you're, if you're fond of reading biographies, you may, you may have hinted that in some people's lives. The, uh, the, the famous actor Kenneth Williams, uh, showing my age here some uh, decades ago now, is famous for the infamous Carry On films. Uh, in his biography he wrote, I wonder will anyone know the emptiness of my life very humorous man, very successful man, but there was this hunger inside him that he couldn't satisfy with any of his, any of his success uh, or any of his wealth. Everybody knows the Rolling Stones song, I Can't Get No Satisfaction, uh, an echo of the hunger of humanity. Uh, a great Christian writer, a man called Augustine, summarized it in very famous words. He said, Oh God, you've made us for yourselves, and our hearts are restless. Our hearts are hungry till they find uh, satisfaction in you. And that's what Jesus was very gently hinting at to the, to the crowd of people. You've got a hunger beyond your stomachs, and I am the bread of life. So he's bread for the hungry. And people in our world today are showing that hunger in different ways. Even the the, the, the panic and the pandemonium for Black Friday. Well, somebody's trying to get a good deal, but in some cases, it's just a little sign of a, of a deeper hunger. I need something more to satisfy me. And Jesus was saying to the crowd, I am the bread of life. So he's bread for the hungry. But he's also bread from heaven. Uh, when Jesus Christ was the master communicator. Uh, some of you... Uh, Many of you, I'm sure, have been to communication training and you're told, tell the people what you're going to say, tell them that you've said it, and tell them afterwards what you've just said. Well, Jesus Christ had long uh, sussed out that technique of communication long before we were at it. 
And over and over, he was emphasizing to this vast, hungry, needy crowd, I am the bread of life. And he told them something very specific and something that was to stimulate their thinking. Listen to some of the verses. Uh, Verse 33, I'm the bread of God who comes down from heaven. That's something to think about. Or in verse 38, I have come down from heaven. He says the same thing in verse 50. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Or in verse 58, this is the bread that came down from heaven. So he's making it very clear where he's from. You would do the same thing if someone presents you with some food to eat. Uh, Most of us would say, well, where did it come from? Is this a skip scavenger providing this for me? Or has it come out of some uh, reputable restaurant? Jesus Christ is saying about himself, I am the bread that has come down from heaven. He says, I'm the one and I can, I can only do you good. So it's a very reassuring thing, he says, I'm the bread from heaven. But it was to spark their thinking and it's to spark our thinking. Uh, Because Jesus Christ is such a unique person, there are dimensions of him that we'll never fully uh, get to the bottom of. But even this, I'm the bread from heaven. He didn't come into existence at Bethlehem, came into this world at a a specific moment of history. But he's, he's saying to these people who are coming in their hunger, I'm one who's always existed. Before I came to this earth, I was in heaven I was uh, beside God, the Father. Uh, I knew him intimately and personally. So he's revealing to these people that he is no ordinary satisfier. He's the bread from heaven. And you notice in verse 32, he makes it clear that he wasn't on a solo mission. He says, my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. He's explaining the, the, the wonder of the wealth of of who he is. He's from heaven. He's always existed. And in the, in the wonder of the Godhead, he's been sent out on a great mission. He explains it in verse 38. I've come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose nothing of all that he's given me, but raise it up on the last day. Bread from heaven. It's, it's speaking to us surely about Here's something that we simply cannot possibly ignore. I am the bread from heaven. And you know, I'm sure, that when he makes this statement, I am the bread, uh, it doesn't come across very clearly in our English Bibles, but the literal Greek John records it, ego emi, I, I am the bread of heaven. And he He picks out this wonderful name that God revealed of himself to Moses at the burning bush. And he's saying to these people, I'm God and I've come from heaven to satisfy the needs of humanity. So he's a wonderful, incredible bread. I was reading recently that, uh, uh, you know that there are many wonderful types of bread, but you can go to a little bakery in Andalusia to a very famous baker called... uh, Mr. Moreno, and he can give you the most expensive loaf of bread that you could ever dream of. It'll cost you just under a hundred pounds. Uh, and well, if, if you were given that bread or 
uh, had the finances to, to shop at that man's shop, you think, well, this is really special. Uh, I'm not going to waste it. I'm going to savor it, and I'm going to enjoy it. And Jesus said, I am, the vi- I am the bread of infinite value. I'm the bread from heaven. Bread for the hungry. Bread from heaven. He wants us, he wants us and his crowd, the crowd that day to really think about the, the wonder of who he is. He is the bread that gives life. And that's at the very heart of this great self-declaration. Now, when we think about bread, uh, there are two ladies in my house, my, well, th- uh, three ladies, I should say, my wife, my eldest daughter, and my youngest daughter, and they love that program that I don't particularly enjoy the Bake Off. And I don't enjoy it for this reason. I can't get to sample it. Uh, and uh, it's particularly uh, the evening for, for bread. Oh, I just, I can almost smell it. And I think, oh, that'll be fantastic. Cheese, bacon, and pesto bread. You can smell it, can't you? Uh, that sounds absolutely yummy. Chai, tea, and cranberry bread. I'm not so sure about that one. Uh, plated loaf. Could get a good bit of butter onto that, a bit of jam onto it. Cinnamon swirl bread, I would, wouldn't need to add anything to that, but it's a wee bit of a letdown. Because when you see it, that's actually more of an art exhibition uh, than it is for satisfying the hungry. And when Jesus says to the people, I'm the bread that came down from heaven, he wasn't speaking about any fancy bread. They, they connected immediately. He was speaking about their staple diet. If you didn't have bread, you were dead. And bread meant life. And that's why Jesus picks up this wonderful, simple imagery when he says in verse 33, I am the bread of life. Uh, you'll, you'll be aware in the Greek language there are different words for life. You know the words, uh, bios, biological life, and zoe, a quality of life, an abundance of life. And that's the word that Jesus Christ uses here. He is the one who gives ultimate life. He may also have been picking up on some uh, teaching. It wasn't correct teaching, but he was picking up on it perhaps picking up on it nevertheless. The, the, the Jewish teachers of that day, they taught that when, uh, when God's great uh, rescuer would come, uh, he would bring with him a supply of heavenly manna, that God had kept some of the, the manna in heaven, and when they, the promised deliverer would come, he would bring some of this heavenly supply with him. Well, Jesus changes the focus of that, and he says in verse 33, For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Verse 51, I'm the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he live forever. It's, it was a startling claim, wasn't it? He live forever. And he wanted the crowd to think about wasn't a, a simplistic statement. He wanted them to think, how could this person give us eternal life? And of course, all his ministry, he'd been explaining who he was and why he had come. And they would soon see exactly what he would do. In fact, if you, if you look on down in verse 51, 53, 56, 
he's beginning to remind them and spark them how he how he was this life-giving bread because he'd come into the world to deal with the basic problem of all of our lives, the problem of sin that brings death in this world and everlasting death and separation from God and hell. And Jesus said, look at verse 51, the bread that I will give is my flesh. We're told usually when we're saying or writing not to mix metaphors, but Jesus does it here. Or in verse 53, he talks about eating his flesh, drinking his blood. Seaman 56, feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood. And they would soon fully grasp what he was speaking about. Because, well, even when we speak of the words or say, start talking about Jesus' flesh and blood, there's one thing that comes to mind. It's his death on the cross. And on that cross, the message of the Bible is that Jesus was dealing with with the death that we deserved, he was taking the punishment of God, and because he did that, and because he rose from the dead, that we can have everlasting life, because he took that punishment of death. So he's bread for the hungry, he's bread from heaven, he's the bread that gives life, and he's the bread to eat. You see, that's what Jesus Christ wanted these people to do. Look at verse 51. I'm the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he'll live forever. And the bread I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. And again, just to make sure they'd got it, in 53 he says exactly what they were to do with him. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. 58. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. And I think it's fair to say that when he started to speak like this, they were just freaked out at the thought of what he was saying. They didn't understand it. Eat him? Eat his flesh? Drink his blood? Well, if they had thought a little bit more carefully, they would have surely understood, at least at an intellectual level, he didn't mean that they were to physically do that. It was figurative language. It was a way of him saying, you've got to take me right into your life. Uh, we use this sort of imagery even today. Uh, you've got a good book, and you'll say to someone the next day, well, I couldn't put it down. I was devouring it. Um, we have a little grandson, and uh, uh, James's little boy, and... Uh, I haven't heard my wife saying it, but I, have, I think I've heard my eldest daughter saying it. Oh, you're so lovely, Daniel. I could eat you. Well, she wants to take him close and never let him go. And that's the imagery that Jesus is saying here. He's saying to this crowd, just the way you'll take a piece of bread. Uh, the sandwiches today, they looked lovely, but I didn't see any of you just thinking, just looking at them and thinking, well, that's a very interesting cut on that slice of bread. That's a nice, interesting mixture of layers of filling. No, we know automatically what we have to do. We've got to, to take it right in. And that's what Jesus is saying to us in this image. If you'll allow me just to share with you, just for a little moment as I finish, uh, how that became the experience of my life. I'm 57 now, and over 40 years ago, uh, as a 
as a teenager, uh, I was finding life very dissatisfying. Uh, I was trying out all the things that all my friends in school were trying out to find some satisfaction, but I began to find actually that the things that I was trying, instead of satisfying me, they, they, they were giving me an, an increasing agony of hunger. Particularly when I began to realize there were things actually that God had said no about. And I began to, to have this awful sense of hunger of, of my sin that was separating me from God. And, and I met some Christians in school. And one of the things about their life that struck me was that they looked pretty satisfied people. Uh, there was a peace about their lives. And I, I began to want that. And I remember my Latin teacher uh, having a little Bible study in the book of Romans and going along, not out of the complete mom- uh, uh, idea to get bread, actually. I, I fancied someone in the class and uh, I had mixed motives, but God's very kind. And I heard a message that day uh, and I heard more about the wonder of Jesus Christ. And I went home as a little boy, or young teenager rather, and I went to my bedroom and I got down on my knees and I said to Jesus Christ, I've heard lots about you growing up, but now I'm understanding that you're the satisfier because you died for me. And I'm asking you, please, to pardon me and come into my life. And he did. And for 40 years, he's helped me every day to feed on him in his word and learn more and more about him, the bread of life. Jesus didn't want the crowd that day to make a mistake about the bread. A couple of years ago, I made a great mistake about bread. Let me explain. I'd just come to live in Belfast after living in the suburbs in Dromore, a quiet little dormitory town with lots of nice middle-class folk. And I'd gone to work in inner city Belfast on the Woodstock Road. Thought I'd try and integrate with the people. Went at a little bakery just across the road from our church building full of all those lovely little old ladies with the little pull-long trolleys and uh, the ladies behind the counter in the little pink and white checked aprons. And uh, I said very politely, excuse me, could I have a croissant, please? (laughs) And she said, you what, love? (laughs) And I knew immediately the faux pas that I had made. I'm not usually a quick thinker, But in an instant in my mind, I changed it and I said, could I have one of those big Belfast baps? And she said, yes, love. I realized I'd made a mistake about bread. And 40 years ago, I would have made a mistake about the bread that really satisfied, unless God had stirred me, and he did. And I'm ever thankful for that, that he stirred me to see my need. And he gives a wonderful promise to any who are stirred to see their need in verse 37. All the Father gives to me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I'll never cast out. Whoever it is, doesn't matter our background, doesn't matter what we've done or what we've been, Jesus said, I'm the bread of life, and I can satisfy your deepest hunger. And I can assure you, he does. Thanks for listening. Let's just bow our heads and we close a word of prayer. Father, thank you for the love of Jesus Christ that he would love that crowd so much that he would make it so simple for them and for us to understand 
I am the bread of life. We thank you that he's still that satisfying bread. We thank you for what he did so that the deepest need of our lives of pardon and forgiveness could be met. Thank you, Jesus, for your death in the place of sinners just like us. And thank you for your life-giving grace. We pray that we might feed on you daily and know that you're the true satisfier and that our lives will show that every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you.